Hello, and welcome to Tech in Maine Presents. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech in Maine Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today, we will be speaking with Jeff Bond. As Director of Client Services at Atberry, Jeff is responsible for business development, account management, and delivery of custom software and cloud integration projects. He is also the co-founder of Chat with Leaders, a podcast designed to give resilient servant leaders a platform for sharing the inspiring things they're doing to lead their teams, customers, and themselves wisely. Overall, Jeff has 15 plus years of experience delivering technology, business, and people solutions as a sales, management, and consulting professional. He and his wife, Katie, reside in Atlanta, Georgia with their three children. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the pride of Bluebell, Pennsylvania, Jeff Bond. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you having me on. What a pleasure. You're welcome, Jeff. I could not leave out Bluebell, PA. (laughs) Bluebell, you know, a lot of people think that's where the ice cream is made, but that is not the case. But uh, it was formerly known as Pigeon Town, but now it's a thriving suburb northwest of uh, Philadelphia. So it's where I hail from. You did answer my curiosity question, which was how many times had you been to the the ice cream plant, but since it's not there, well, the answer would be zero. That's right. Well, I kind of foresaw that coming. So you might you get ahead of these things because you're so used to hearing it time and time again. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Jeff. Well, hey, it is a pleasure to have you on. And Jeff, we have become friends and um, we are brothers in Christ, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, why don't you share some more of your background with our audience beyond what I shared in the intro. Sure. So thank you for the wonderful intro that really covered the gamut. Uh, Like I said, I grew up in the northwest suburbs of Philadelphia and made my way to the University of Georgia, where I earned my undergrad in advertising. And the last 16 years of my uh, profession has been predominantly focused on professional services and the private business sector as both an individual contributor and in leadership roles, predominantly serving the Atlanta business and technology community. And like you said, a director of client services for AppAerie, which is a software consulting company delivering custom mobile and web applications, as well as cloud integration solutions. So also co-founded this podcast, Chat with Leaders, which I had you on recently too. So I'm really thrilled to have the collaboration and and the discussion points that we'll cover today. But we've launched 14 episodes on this um, platform on podcast outlets like Apple, Stitcher, and more. And we're coming up on our 40th uh, pre-recorded video episode published on YouTube. And our three children are all under the age of six. So that's certainly been keeping us on our toes lately. That's a full plate, to be quite (laughs) honest with you. So we did uh, record on your podcast about a week or so ago. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience some of the things that are going on. And we'll touch on some of those self-same things here in this podcast. But Jeff, why don't you Tell us a little bit more about what has you excited about your daily work. Well, I really enjoy being part of the vibrant technology community here in Atlanta. It's a very tight-knit market where people genuinely look out for one another, and it's a great place to do business. I've also really enjoyed the process of building community and inspiration through our podcast in the leadership community on Chat with Leaders. Yeah, I co-founded this with one of my mentors, Tim Smith, who's an executive director of Stratfield Consulting, which does business consulting, staffing, recruiting, 
and a dear friend, Chris LeFay, who's the founder and president of his own firm called Classic City Consulting. And they do WordPress uh, website design, SEO, content writing, branding. And we were talking about ways back in March, early April, about how we're forging ahead faithfully amidst all the challenges that were presented to us back then with coronavirus really starting to throw a major curveball into our businesses. And uh, after prayerful consideration, we quickly found ourselves putting together the name, creating our website, developing the process and framework for the show, getting all the resources we needed to put something of value together. And it's really been a, a great source of conversations, learning, development, and the privilege really to share this wisdom with the community to help kind of enliven uh, the spirit of, hey, we will all come out of this stronger together, but it's through the example of great servant leaders and the hope that's built through that that will uh, allow us to do that. And, and given me, Chris and Tim's complimentary businesses, it's allowed us to really collaborate on something that's helped us start conversations with new clients and prospects and enter into new projects because we are all talking to leaders that are involved in these types of things and we all complement one another so we can refer each other clients. So it's really ended up being a, a really life-giving uh, journey in so many ways while still being a good steward to our own business objectives and trying to continue to growth and survival of COVID-19 and the economic condition that we're all in right now. As I'm listening to you, I'm reminded of a recent podcast episode that I was listening to. It's the one that's put out by the co-founder of LinkedIn. And can't remember his name or the podcast at this moment, but the content was around leaders using their businesses to actually fulfill what he calls their second offering or their second mission. And so listening to you, and it's really interesting that out of your business and your willingness to serve the Atlanta tech community and the tech community at large, the podcast has allowed you to come together with your co-hosts. And then there's also the opportunity to share your expertise and help build your pipeline for clients, which obviously isn't your, your main objective, but it's nice to see how that is fruit out of your desire to you know, serve and, and to give back. Right. Yeah. And it was kind of an added benefit. We, When we launched it, we knew that our purpose was to serve others. You know, my purpose that I've identified is to serve others in a way that glorifies God and furthers his kingdom. And I felt like in this time when we were all physically distant, the most important thing is to continue to be intentional about building community building relationships, having them be meaningful and taking an active interest in other people. And uh, and a lot of the times, you know, you hear on podcasts or you hear just in general life that people talk at one another. And I really enjoy the process of, of asking questions and listening and having a conversation that is centered around our guests and the things, the gifts that they have to offer into the world. I'm so glad that you're having the opportunity to do that. And so, you know, likewise, we're here and we're, we're getting to learn, you know, a little bit more about you and your passions. And I wanted to ask you, your work there at AppBerry, um, obviously, you know, people are coming to you for custom app solutions and things of that nature. But what is the biggest issue you would say AppBerry clients are typically facing? 
Well, there's certainly a variety being that we're in the consulting space, but I would say in the here and now, the biggest issue we've seen is that businesses have to support this mass work from home model with accessible business applications over the web and in the cloud. You know, the average employee uses about eight to 10 software applications just to do their job. And in many instances, those apps have only been available in their office environment on their desktop. That's really been a, a growing problem. And, and also for companies to be able to assess their application environment and say, you know, are, are we kind of bloated in a way, you know, with all these different applications? And is there a better way to streamline that process or build a custom solution that covers the gamut of all the various departments, whether that be in HR, business operations, engineering, product, sales, Everyone has a different application, even a lot of the times they're not fully integrated and available on the web or, or in the cloud. So, uh, so those are some of the biggest problems that we've, we've really been hearing from our clients right now. Jeff, given that those issues are cropping up on a regular basis for your clients, what are some strategies that AppBerry has to help those clients overcome those issues? Yeah, so it, it really starts with listening. Just like anything, we like to meet with our customers and really discover the full picture of their business application environment before we start on a net new project. And really, it's also dependent on where they're at in their business life cycle. So it might make sense for an established company to rewrite legacy applications that are dated and, and solely accessible on their desktops or in their kind of on-premise, on-site uh, environment. Or, you know, it may make sense to build a brand new custom software from scratch to solve a multitude of business needs or to better integrate their applications that they currently have just to make sense of it all. So we've really found Amazon Web Services, for instance, to offer some of the best benefits in the market around ease of use, flexibility, cost effectiveness, scalability, performance, and security. And so we've continued to pursue ongoing training and development and certifications across uh, their partner network to ensure that we have the subject matter expertise to help guide our clients towards the solutions that they need specific to their business challenges. I love the fact that the first thing you said in response to what are the strategies that you come up with for your clients to fix their problems is you said listening. And um, you would think that that would be table stakes. But I think in so many instances, we're so quick to the actual product or service that we offer. I think sometimes we're very quick to say, oh, well, I work with other nonprofits and here's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that you said right out of the gate, the first thing that we're doing is listening. Agreed. And I you know, there's plenty of great products out there of software applications that you can buy off the shelf or they're SaaS based and and you could subscribe to it and it solves a lot of the business problems. But a lot of the times, like each of our businesses are fairly nuanced, right? And there's processes involved in our business that aren't just offered as a feature or a benefit to that software. And that's where making sure that you're building supportable, extendable software that can help you scale your business and, and do it in a simple, cost-effective way, it's important to consider 
custom solutions and and to be able to offer those types of solutions. And I've always enjoyed professional services for that reason because of the the uniqueness of of everyone's business challenges, whether it's acquiring new customers, acquiring new talent, acquiring better technology solutions. It's a great way to serve business leaders who all are people too, right? They have families. These are businesses that support employees and staff and their ability to serve the community and give back. So I feel like through listening and actually solving the problems, we're helping businesses grow and do the things that are going to help them be better stewards uh, in the world. Let's do this. Let's pivot into a conversation that you and I have been having over the last few weeks, and that's regarding everything that's going on in our country right now. So you alluded earlier to the fact that I was on your podcast, uh, Chat with Leaders, and we did get to talk about race and some of what's going on, not only domestically, but really around the world as we are dealing with the recent death of George Floyd and you know a lot of the um, social injustice issues And so, Jeff, I wanted to ask you, given everything that's going on right now, what are your thoughts on the topics of race and reconciliation? Well, first of all, I'm so honored that you have given me this opportunity to speak with you about this openly on on our platforms. It's a tough conversation to have in today's world because, you know, words matter. You have to choose the right words and you have to mean them and you have to be willing to listen. And uh, it's sad for me to think that we're still such a long way off from true equality and achievement of our constitutional liberties across people of all ethnicities and even genders. You know, systemic racism has continued to be a major enemy to humanity. And we have a lot of work to do to make it right. And Everyone needs to understand the responsibility we have as a collective human race to have compassion for one another and to care and to be part of the the solution and be part of the conversations. You know, I have two uh, biracial nieces. They're they're half black, and it pains me to think that they would ever live in a world, you know, twenty twenty or beyond, that they would ever be disadvantaged or viewed differently because of the color of their skin. And you know, I grew up in, in a diverse school with friends of all different types of races. And I've been very thankful to be raised the right way to see people for people and treat others as you would want to be treated, love thy neighbor and stand for restorative justice. And it's quite frankly, a sad time in our country. And I, I want better for my children's future. But I know we'll talk a little bit about faith. And I'm, I'm very optimistic in terms of the future because I know that God has, has got this. Jeff, thanks so much for sharing your heart on that question. But what I want to do now is ask you, what comes to mind for you when you hear the term white privilege? I really appreciate that question. And it's it's a word, I think, that's triggering people in a lot of different ways right now. But I think it's it's an important topic to be able to talk about. And it's hard for me because, you know, quite frankly, I've been the beneficiary of white privilege throughout my life. And I've never felt like I've been at a disadvantage or, or not given equal opportunity for my hard work. Candidly, I'm I'm disappointed that I didn't see it sooner, Sean. And uh, I'm here now. I want to be part of acknowledging the reality and and use my platform to speak out on topics of, of race and reconciliation as best as I can. You know, I said the word compassion earlier. That word really has been at the forefront of my mind uh, since COVID hit. And we've all been kind of thrown for a loop here in 2020. We've really had to to kind of step back and gain perspective on 
kind of what's important in life. And I've been genuinely interested in connecting, like I said earlier, with other people and listening and learning and caring more intentionally for my brothers and sisters in the world who are are struggling because of isolation, because of COVID-19 social distancing, or because of a system that remains unjust uh, for themselves and their families. And yeah, it's tough because there's that part of you that feels a bit of, of shame around white privilege because maybe you weren't privy to it or you didn't acknowledge it or you were just blind to it. But I know that's an arbitrary circumstance that I was born into and that, that we're all born into. I do feel like I have an opportunity through my God-given gifts and through my platform to follow his calling to love all people, to love thy neighbor, and to listen. And so I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to, to chat with you about these topics, Sean, and I look forward to those continued conversations. One of the things that you mentioned is compassion. And I think that's what drives my desire to have conversations and look for opportunities to connect with like-minded people of goodwill that want to make the world our children grow up in a much better place. I'm sure to some people that would seem utopian, but if you figure that there is an opportunity for all 380 million U.S. citizens to have the opportunity to live free from worrying about decisions being made for them or towards them that are based on the color of their skin, to not want to do something about that and to not join that fight. People always talk about, you know, wanting to be on the right side of history. And so I think now is a, a prime opportunity for us to be on the right side of history, Jeff. So thank you for um, your, your openness and for your desire to be a part of the change. You're welcome. And and you said the word opportunity. And I think with every adversity comes opportunity. And sometimes it takes a, a pandemic or protests, riots, unrest, you know, really the struggle, you know, to to continue to to have clarity and and to move ahead in a in a better direction. So in an odd way, I'm thankful for some of the challenges that we've had in 2020, even though it's been a rough year so far. It's given us all this opportunity to come together, to gain perspective, to come together as people and and to forge ahead faithfully. And I like I said, I, I think uh I'm just thankful that I know that I don't have to pull this off on my own, through my own power, because I don't have the power and only God does in order for us to be able to, to move ahead. Well, Jeff, that is actually a nice segue into this next question. So at the top of the episode, I mentioned that we are brothers in Christ. And so I wanted to ask you, what role does your faith play in how you respond to the issues of the day? So just to give a little context, so my family's active members of Peachtree Christian Church in Midtown Atlanta. I'm the chair of deacons. I'm on the executive committee. You and I, Sean, are part of a weekly Bible study called Grace at Work, which is part of High Tech Prayer Ministries in Atlanta that brings Christian business leaders together to read scripture, to fellowship, and find ways that we can all live out our faith more intentionally in both our personal and professional lives. And it's easily one of the most meaningful weekly appointments I have on my calendar. My relationship with God is the most important relationship in my life. And I am praying fervently to Him right now, making sure that I'm being intentional about looking for answers through Him versus any other source. Recently, I had a dear friend of mine, an elder at our church, uh, 
passed down a devotional book by Tony Evans to me. Her husband passed away from cancer, I think about five or, or six years ago. And she said that this was a book that helped his softening of heart and helped reshape his outlook uh, on life. And he was uh, an evangelical Christian man that was just on fire about God and, and the person that intimidated the heck out of me when I first started going to church. And I felt clueless about what I was talking about. But I've really enjoyed going through this book. And ironically, as you're talking about faith here, oh, not ironically, actually, I think it's uh, through his divine action. I'm reading a chapter on faith, gotta have it this week. And so the fact that you bring up faith and its importance and how God is speaking to me right now, again, I know that I don't need to pull off this Christian life on my own. We think that we have the ability to do that sometimes, and I think that's misguided. So we go around in circles trying to pull off in the flesh what God wants us to do in the spirit. So, But we um, have to kind of take this new step of faith and realize that he's here, he's present, you know, and amidst all the adversity that we're going through right now, that we have an opportunity to draw near to his will and to love one another. That's one of the, that's, you know, one of our greatest commandments is to love God and then love, love our neighbors. And that means all people. And so I find a lot of hope in that. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think of that uh, that verse in Micah where it says, what are you to do? You are to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And I think that's the desire of each and every person, honestly, of goodwill is to walk uprightly before their creator and to do justly and to make a difference and an impact here on earth because the folks that you know we come in contact with I mean, we don't know what their struggles or hurts may be but we have an opportunity reach out to white folks people that are struggling and that need help and attention and meet them right where they are i couldn't agree more and and that's going to the bible looking for scripture looking for this wisdom and these ways of shaping our mind uh, to me it's just such a much more purpose-led and healthy exercise, mental exercise than going to your Twitter feed every morning to see what else is going on in the world. I get that there's a place for for some of the information that's going around out there, but um, but I've really been trying to be more intentional about spending time with God, spending time in my devotional, spending time reading the Bible. And uh, it's really helped me to remain encouraged when there's so many things that could drag you down in today's society. Agreed, Jeff. Agreed. So let me ask you this. What one person are you following that you find to be inspiring? Oh, I've been following so many. I feel like I've been reading up a lot lately. You know, there's there's one in particular is a lady by the name of Peggy McIntosh, who is an anti-racism activist. And she wrote a, an article on white privilege, unpacking the invisible knapsack. And she did a TED Talks in October 2012. She actually wrote the piece in 1989, which is uh, unbelievable to think that some of the, in fact, most of what she wrote was still relevant today in 2020. But our kind of whole context is that many of us believe that we're living in a meritocracy and deserving of what we have and, and compassionate towards those with less. But quite frankly, that's not true. And it kind of goes back to you know what we were talking about around privilege and disadvantages and things of that nature. So she's been a great source of inspiration of someone that has been able to study and articulate that and 
do so in a, in a non-political leaning way. I think that's really important right now is, is not to, to let this become politicized. I've also, uh, I know you asked about one person, but I've also been very encouraged by Emmanuel Acho, who's started a series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Uh, it's on YouTube and they're short videos, but he's had Matthew McConaughey on the show. He's had the uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines family on there, which really reached deep into my soul that their whole family was present in that conversation because talking to to my children and talking to our children about race and reconciliation is um, is not something that we're all well versed in. And so it's uh, it's been incredibly inspiring to watch that series. And from a technology perspective, Elon Musk is doing some awesome things with SpaceX and Starlink satellite internet and all this crazy stuff, the space launch. That's been one of the highlights during all this uh, turmoil in 2020. So I've been really interested following him. You definitely mentioned some good ones and we'll be sure to put links to Peggy McIntosh, Manuel Acho, which is an amazing YouTube series, by the way. I think he is someone who obviously looks like me, but is willing to put himself out there and has been leading in a very intentional way the, the conversations that Jeff, you and I are similar to the conversation that, you know, you and I have been having here on the podcast, but I really believe that there is an opportunity for Black folks and white folks and people of all backgrounds, really, to make sure that we continue to shine the lives, excuse me, to shine the light on the need to deal with the injustice that, you know, Black folks are dealing with and to do it in a way where ultimately we are no longer talking about race and the issues of, you know, systemic injustice in 2020. So again, you touched on some amazing people and Jeff, we are at the end of our time together, but before we go, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Twitter. My handle is at Jeff Bond one two three. So I know not too creative one two three, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> and our podcast uh, is hosted on all the social media outlets like uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Our handles at Chat with Leaders. You can also go to chatwithleaders.com to learn more about the podcast. Contact me. There's there's more information about my phone number and email there. So, and AppBerry is A-P-P-B-A-R-R-Y dot com. And we're also on all the various social media. Okay, great. And Jeff, of course, we will put all of that contact information as well as the um, information for the Chat with Leaders podcast in the show notes. And so again, I can't thank you enough, Jeff, for taking time out to be with us here on the Tech and Main Presents podcast. I appreciate you as a friend, as a fellow technologist, um, but also as my brother in Christ. So thank you again for your time. Well, the pleasure was mine and thank you for yours as well, Sean. And with that, Tech and Main Presents family, thank you as always for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Tech and Main Presents. Be sure to check back regularly for the next episode and tell your friends. Thank you.